Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, am I to understand that you want me to debunk the X-Files project? Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Wendy Collins. Hello, how are you? Uh, look, I'm good, Wendy. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, well, I don't actually do a lot of social settings. Normally, it's uh, it's I don't I like to hide behind the keyboard. To be perfectly frank, because you don't like crowds. Because I can edit what comes out of my idiot mouth before it hits <laughs> before it hits somebody's earballs. <laughs> do you find that your your mouth gets you into trouble a lot? I find that it goes off a lot faster than than I think and something that I think is completely appropriate. On occasions, I've taken the – actually, I think I've taken the Are You Autistic test about six times just to try and work out what is actually wrong with my brain. Why do I say things that are incredibly inappropriate? And you can see it in people's faces. They go, wow, you just actually said that. So good for you. <laughs> Do you think or have you had confirmed that you're on the spectrum? No, definitely not. Definitely not. I'm just um, uh, just somebody who says, says stuff far too fast for them to process, although I am getting better at it. So it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, um, I sound like a complete idiot. What I don't know. <laughs> Um, so no, honestly, I I do social settings fine. I'm just um, I'm uh, better at, as you can tell, really bad at talking to people when you've got the microphone turned on, and really good at it when the microphone's turned off. Don't let the microphone intimidate you. Oh, it's a scary thing. What was school like for you? School was a nightmare. Um, I was born in a tiny little country town in South Australia. And uh, when my parents got divorced when I was about eight, um, ended up with my mum and my stepdad and we moved around. So I've been to five primary schools and two high schools, which um, kind of meant that you you get to learn how to make friends quite quickly. But uh, the sense of permanence doesn't stick around for long. And Mm. Yeah, when you get a good high school, uh, which we had because I uh, we went and lived in the Barossa Valley, yeah, um, and that was fantastic. And then we had to come back to Adelaide, and I remember my poor brother and myself sitting on my bed just um, holding hands, and we we never uh, we're never actually that nice to each other up until this point. <laughs> we're just holding hands and, and having a little cry on my bed, going, "Oh, we don't want to go back to Adelaide. It's horrible. It's really nice here." So yeah, uh, it was a nightmare. We, my last high school, we had the uh, the police around at least once a week. We had areas of the school which were labelled according to the gangs that would sit there, and you wouldn't go there unless you're part of it. So, you know, uh, that's why I, I left Adelaide when I was eighteen and joined the navy. So, there, that's <laughs> that's what, how good school was. I'm like, I'm out, I'm done. Why the navy? Because I wanted to join the Air Force, but you could actually see RAF Base Edinburgh from uh, from my house. If you sat mm. on the roof, you could watch the mm. um, you could watch the jets take off vertically. Wow. And I just I really wanted to a get out of Adelaide, um, and b I wanted to 
get out of Adelaide. So basically I'm like, all right, um, Army's too hard. <laughs> Air Force is over there. Navy, Sydney. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's go. Uh, unfortunately, before you get to Sydney, you um, you spend three months in uh, on the Mornington Peninsula, which is um, quite nice unless you're actually at HMAS Cerberus in the middle of winter learning how to survive at sea. So you're actually mm. dunked in the water in that horrible, horrible cold water for an at least an hour pretending that uh, you've just been ditched off a boat. So, yeah, great fun. Wow. Uh, I have so many questions about that. Are you happy to talk about <laughs> yeah, your career? Yeah, of course. Of course. What's it like being a woman in small tin cans? Well, um, it's actually not that bad. Uh, it's I, uh, I was on HMAS Sydney, um, which is mm-hmm. still floating around now, which is nice. Um, and it's kind of like you've got a – it's like a regular workplace except you travel around with them. You go overseas with the, the people that you work with every day. So when you're at sea, unless you're you're running up for um, military exercises, you it's a regular kind of work day. I mean, you, you have people who work in the kitchens, obviously. Mm. You have people who do regular – you know, the clerk work, you know, paperwork all day long and they just work from morning till evening and then go to sleep every night. Um, the people who work on uh, on different watches, so shifts basically, um, they can work from, you know, seven hours on, five on, five off, sorry, uh, five on, seven off and you just rotate through like that until you get where you're going. Um, you know, it's you get pretty used to it. Uh, yeah. but being a woman on there, there was, I never, never had any issues. It was, you know, as long as everybody played their part, um, and no, I never, I, and it was, it was tough because every time you get in a cab and people would say, oh no, what do you do? And you say you're in the Navy. I remember one cab driver saying, oh, do you get sexually harassed? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. It's very sad. I don't get sexually harassed. I've actually got a regular job. So, um, yeah, even though, you know, your regular job means that you wear overalls and you sleep in a little uh, tiny little bed and mm. and then um, every now and then somebody will decide that it's fun to play a game where there's a pretend fire in a pretend compartment. So, mm. yeah, and then you get to wear – I mean, I this is the worst part about joining the Navy is I didn't realise that I got horribly seasick. Um, yeah, I know. It's pathetic. God. Every time we'd get out of Sydney Heads, I'd be sick for a good week and then you'd come back in on a – you'd leave on a Monday morning and you'd come back on a Friday afternoon. Mm. And as soon as we get back inside Sydney Heads, I'd be like, oh, thank God. So the Karen Carpenter weight loss program, I think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what, what was your – your role? Um, I was an able seaman, Teehee, uh, combat mm. systems operator. So I'd actually work in a dark room whenever I was working doing um, radar and sonar and electronic warfare, which just means listening out for, you know, other people's radar. Um, radars don't go bing, Hollywood. Can you stop that, please? <laughs> and and by the way, nothing exciting happens in a in a room. Whenever I see, have you seen the ads lately for um for joining the navy, 
we'd always look at those ads and go, all right, I want to join that one because everything works <laughs> on that one. <laughs> There's nothing rusty on that one and everyone's really good looking. So you can imagine, you know, you've got engineers who work down in the engine mm. room and these are guys who are at most most at home in a boiler suit. They're just, you know, they're gross, gross, disgusting guys. There was one guy, and you can cut this out if if it's um too gross. There was one guy who had this terrible habit of whenever he was speaking to you, of um, so some some overalls have uh, sort of they're called happy pockets. They're supposed to be mm. worn over regular regular clothing so you can actually slip them through the happy pockets into your jeans or whatever you're wearing underneath so you can get to your other pockets of course sure. most people don't wear jeans in fact nobody wears anything underneath their overalls except underwear um so this guy would put his hand in his happy pockets and would just roll the end of his penis while you're talking to him and you're like come on man and he goes oh it's a bad habit i'm so sorry so yeah he that's that's exactly how, um, yeah. So a little bit different to the average office space because I haven't seen many people uh, rolling the end of their penis at my regular work. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least that you've noticed, Wendy. Well, that I've noticed. Although what is it with guys who think it's okay to still be doing up their trousers as they leave the bathroom? Yeah, not cool. What is that? that? Clearly, well, it's a clear indication they haven't washed their hands yeah. for a start. Oh, I've just thought that too. Oh no! Oh, and those jerks, a, um, those jerks, those no jerks can go washer. to hell. Yeah, we've got a no hand washer in the office who is just bizarre. <sighs> Yesterday, he uh, he got a big strip of Glad wrap from the kitchen and made himself a belt with it to hold his trousers up. And I'm like, this guy actually lives here. He lives here. He's a hobo who somehow made it in, got himself a password for a computer and just uses the showers and the food here and nobody knows what he does and he's just getting away with it. That must be what it is because who makes, Look, a, he's super who makes a, a belt out of glad wrap? Yeah. Yeah, super creative. People who are fashion forward, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. If I see that, um, you know, next thing on Frankie, make yourself a nice, <laughs> a, a nice glad wrap belt, and then with foil accents. There you go, done. You know what your challenge is now, though. What's that? Casually integrate glad wrap into your day wear. Oh, okay. Where to start? Where to start? Maybe a bracelet. Start off simple. Yeah. Oh, the glad wrap sash. Get, get, scarf. Yeah. Oh, sa oh, I see when you color your hair at home, you can put glad wrap around it and you know, that's pretty fancy. So maybe mm. I could just wear that as an everyday look. I wouldn't It's practical have, and it does something for I you. I wouldn't have to worry about um rain rain uh getting my getting my hair all messed up. That'll be uh, no. you know, I'd be all sorted. Probably get a few funny looks on the train though. Nah, screw them. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll soon catch up as soon as they see it on, on the catwalks of Paris and Milan uh, they'll be going wow we saw it girl and now it's there wow yeah and next minute everybody wearing it <laughs> <laughs> so how, what, why did you get out of the Navy well it was never going to be a, a forever job for me it was just something mm. I wanted to get out of um, wanted to get out of Adelaide uh, and nothing against anyone who's actually listening from Adelaide but you know 
when you when you want to do something somewhere else, that's what you got to do. And um, so I got out and I decided that I was going to go to university. Um, at mm. that at that time, um, the unis here in New South Wales wouldn't accept my South Australian uh, Year Twelve Ugh. report, so I had to go to TAFE and do Year mm. Eleven and Twelve. Uh, chemistry, maths, and English in one year, which was great fun. So that was at Randwick. <clears throat> and on Friday, Friday nights was chemistry night. And Friday night is also a good night for football at the uh, Sydney Football Stadium. And they'd have fireworks. And you're like, I'm here learning chemistry. And you're out there blowing up chemicals. That's fun. You know, yeah. and then you'd be like, spot. Spot the chemical in the fireworks. Green, copper, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great practical application. I wish that that could happen more in schools full stop for kids that are wanting to learn science. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Um, in every in every uh, science class that I've ever been in, the only bits that I remember is when the guys were blowing shit up. So, you know, the the crazy chemist that I had in first year uni who decided that um, he was going to, you know, when you can get a big bucket of water filled with um, mm -hmm. lots and lots of soap and then you pump hydrogen into it so it creates bubbles that just float up in the air. And then he got this mm -hmm. giant broomstick with a little uh, little flame on the end of it. And so this, it's, you know, it's a big lecture hall, so it's got a quite mm -hmm. a high ceiling. He's poking it up in the roof, and these things, this like hydrogen exploding up in the air. And I think, I think, I was the only one who who said, "Oh, the humanity." So you know, <laughs> kudos to me. Oh, you've got your own flip book of checks. Um, that, look, that's so much fun. I, I studied chemistry at university, so I hear. And feel some of that joy and pain. Yeah, yeah. And um, my older brother works in a physics lab, and he uh, he got called into the chemistry lab, and then told me how terrible he was at it because there was, you know, there was chemicals running everywhere, and he's like, "Oops, this is exactly how it was supposed to be. I'm better with electricity. <laughs> Keep me with electricity." <laughs> yeah, too much fun. School days. Yeah, woo. Whoa, really glad. You know what? Once I finished school and, you know, had enough time away from it, um, I thought back to everyone saying, oh, these are the best days of your life. Uh, no, they're not. It's not. You get told what to do and you have absolutely no autonomy anywhere in your life. Guess what? It's not. It's awful and pointless as well. I mean, the, the very few things that I've managed to uh, – use out of my schooling. It's just bizarre. The whole system needs to be taken down, Steve. It's ridiculous. We'll do it from the inside. Oh, I don't want to go back. Don't make me go back in there. Children smell. They smell funny. <laughs> <laughs> when you were at university, yes. were you, because you went to the Navy and then left that to, and, and went to uni, were you much older than the no, rest of your class? No, not, not much older, about you know, five years older. So um, still at the point and, you know, you get out of the Navy and all of a sudden you're in uni. It's like um, 
the bars are just as cheap and <laughs> the people are just as responsible with alcohol, except you're learning a few things on the side as well. So, uh, yeah, uni was – and because I was, I was doing a horticulture degree – so mm. at the start, they lump you in with the agriculture guys or team. And I have never seen such a – just farm boys in Sydney. And so this is at Sydney Uni. And they were – it was so odd. They mm. all wore – whenever there was a, like a hint of rain, a Coopers would come to, to school and you're like, what? Do you mm. guys have horses and hats and stuff? And um, – and and then we went on a um, a field trip, like a few days out to Bathurst and Orange and um, Dubbo. And um, no, they're not the guys that wear, you know, Cobras and um, Dries a Bone. So it was Dries a Bone, sorry, that they'll come out whenever the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Dries a Bones will come out. Um, but, Cobras are an all-time wear. Yeah, well, dries no, they'd, they'd wear, they'd wear caps. You know, regular caps with their um, with their dryer bones and drive utes, and then it all clicked. And all the girls mm. would wear um, ribbons in their hair, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" So, you know, like actual ribbon, like not a. Mm. And I'm, so there was the small group of horticulture people, and there was about fourteen of us in amongst all the agriculture people. And the funny thing was you could just look at them and go, all right, all the horticulture people look like they are trying to grow the best weed in Australia because they're <laughs> – seriously, it's like we're just, you know, uh, clothed by um, – dressed by the tree of life and then all the <laughs> <laughs> all the ag guys were um, dressed by R.M. Williams. So it was, it was quite humorous seeing. It's like, what do you want to do when you finish your degree? Oh, um, yeah, I'm really into growing plants. What kind of plants? Yeah, just some plants. Good at it. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's ambitious. I hope you're doing well. Um, I actually <laughs> wanted to go and uh, work in a in a vineyard and actually grow wine mm. that's um that's what i wanted to do because you know grow up in the barossa you want to i'm like i can do this this would be fun i want to make my own wine didn't quite get there sadly why is it a sad thing that you're not working in the barossa well i don't want to work in the barossa i actually just want to work with wine that's the that's the thing it's like <laughs> i want to live in the city i don't want to live in the goddamn country it's too country like there's spiders and and spiders and dirt so and, you just want a job at bws oh can i get maybe a job at somewhere that stocks a bigger range so <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of the big box stores so dan murphy's where i can use you know get some rollerblades and just skate around yeah. Oh, yeah. Think yeah. about it. Get a mm. trolley, some rollerblades, and that's how you go shopping for booze. Wee. There's a movie in this, I'm sure of it, Wendy. Yeah, either that or a really old Cliff Richard um, clip. <laughs> He's wired for sound and skating through Dan Murphy's. Either way, it's working for me. <laughs> what do you do really well? What do I do really well? Um, reverse parallel park. I'm really good at it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, 
I when I learned how to drive, so I actually got my motorbike license before I got my car license. And um, it was quite embarrassing that I couldn't drive a car. I'm like, well, just get on the bike. It's fine. It's like, no, but we've mm-hmm. got furniture to move. You can't. Okay. All right, fine. Get the driver's license. But I learned uh, how to do it quite well. There's a bit of a bit of a method with angles and, you know, rear, rear, rear window and when you turn and when you hook it in. And I get it right first time mm-hmm. every time. Oh, and um, when I learned to drive – at the Navy car park down at Garden Island, you're only allowed to park backwards. You know, of course, Navy rules. Yep. You have to park backwards. So you get very mm. good at reverse parking. So I wonder if that's a Navy trait. If you can if you've ever parked at that car park, you're actually good at reverse parking. So uh, in Sydney, it is quite handy to know how to reverse parallel park if you have a vehicle, because there is mm. there's always a there's always a very little gap and you just sort of Austin Powers 30-point turn, get your way in there and done. Mm. Yes. that's. Oh, so I'm all, uh, what else am I good at? Uh, procrastinating, you know, as, as I sit here nestled amongst my clean laundry uh, <laughs> on the couch, I am, I am very good at procrastinating. Um, I'm decent at making food. And mm. I am pretty good at qu- quoting The Simpsons, which I think is how we bonded, Steve. Yes. Yes. It's a life skill that needs uh, – there should be a class at both school and uni. Yes. Yes. Uh, isn't there – wasn't there an article about all I learned about American politics I learned from The Simpsons? Probably. Actually, bet- it, it would be valid. Yeah, between that and The West Wing. I mean, I don't think The uh, Simpsons have ever dealt with a filibuster – but um, or the electoral college, not yet. Not yet. Actually, I have. There is still time. There is still time. God, they're still going. I haven't watched the Simpsons season for quite some time, actually, because uh, you know other shows to watch. So many shows, Steve, as you would know. So many. Those first ten seasons of the Simpsons, though, really are standout yeah. for writing content, pop culture references, quotes, all those sorts of things. Yeah, aren't they? absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it is funny to go back and see what was it? How many things the Simpsons have accidentally predicted? There's mm. another. There's a you know a listicle of of um, future events that the Simpsons accidentally predicted. You're like, okay, could you stop doing that? I guess if you <laughs> if you're pumping out 25 shows a year on popular culture, you're bound to get something right here and there. Yeah. No, you also get stuff wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, so many things. Oh, but um, yeah, I haven't watched The Simpsons for a bit. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, things that I'm good at. Yeah, I'm looking at my collection of cookbooks, which I'm on. I'm on a strict eating regime at the moment, Steve. Which means please do bore us with the no, details. No, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you. But one of the sadistic things that I've found that I do to myself, masochistic, which is the one where you hurt yourself. I don't know. Masochistic. That's the one. Okay, the masochistic thing that I do uh, when I'm on a strict eating regime uh, mm. is I read cookbooks like they're fiction. <laughs> It's well, depending on the eating regime you're on, it they is may well be. It is, especially like I've just been reading um, 
uh, like a Guillaume Brahimi French cookbook mm. cover to cover. And it's like there's a whole section on butter and I'm like, mmm, butter. <laughs> and there's <laughs> Rich creamery rich butter. Creamery butter. Hang on, what does he make that into? Moon waffles. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Now the only problem for me with the Guillaume Brahimi cook, fictional cookbook cookbook of fiction is that I really find mm-hmm. that the you know that the the second act is a little bit underdone. The, <laughs> it's medium rare, Steve. I always confuse the two. Yeah, the underdone. See, underdone to somebody is medium rare to somebody else. That's uh. And if you overcook a steak, I'm going to give a shout out to the people. I like how – I love how on Twitter there are food wars. So mm-hmm. there was the potato the, – the the war of the potato scallop slash potato cake slash potato – I don't know what – I don't – I've been ridiculed quite often on Twitter for not being a big fan of the humble potato. Like mm-hmm. I like mash and – when people say you don't eat chips and they get all freaked out because I don't eat, I don't eat hot chips and I don't like the ones that come in a packet either. So people are like, what is going on? But then you go to the pub with me, we have a lunch, and all of a sudden you've got double chips and you stop complaining. Mm. Yeah, double chips. We um, need to do that lunch soon. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'll eat the not chips and you can eat the chips. Sounds How good. do you like your steak? Uh, I like mine quite rare, unless it's a um, unless it's a, a very marbled wagyu, of course. In which case, mm. you like it just a little bit more, so that the fat has melted into the meat. Started to caramelize. Started to caramelize. Oh God, I I've I can't watch cooking shows anymore because I just want to slap everyone. Mm. Everyone's and it- and especially um, uh, George Columbaris with his. Oh. Bizarre pronunciation. There is a whole. Or other is that podcast. just all Melbourne? <laughs> I don't. No, it's not all Melbourne. There is a whole other podcast in me ranting about George Columbus. <laughs> just holy shit! And it's not a single episode. No. It is multiple. It's like it's okay. This is this is the episode dedicated entirely to George bouncing up on his toes. Yeah. And this one is. Can, <laughs> And this one is dedicated to him using the word elements and somehow there's an A in there. Oh, the word room and boom rhyme. Oh, no. Stop it. (laughs) Boom and room do not rhyme, therefore rendering the statement ineffective. (laughs) Boom, boom, let's shake the room. (laughs) (laughs) I would let him get away with it if he was consistent with his pronunciation. If he did say boom, boom, shake yeah, the Yeah, what if he just went that would be fine. full, he just went full weird, fully weird and said boom, shake the room, um, elements, elephants, all of that stuff. What if he Look, just went. I, uh, I hope one episode he goes boom, boom, shake the room and then launches into some big shaggy-esque, <laughs> uh, you know, Isn't a that, 90s that's, soliloquy. Um, that's uh, Will Smith, right? Is, is shaggy, uh, no. No, no, no. Will, no, Bill Smith is not shaggy. You heard it here at first. Will Smith is shaggy. <laughs> no, no, I understand that. Yes, Will Smith is responsible for boom, boom, shake the room. Uh, yes. It was boom when he did it. Yes, yes. And then tick, 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 boom, I believe, is the uh, oh. 
Yeah, is what comes after that. Are we going to want to? We going to want to tell you what's up? <laughs> you did not just do that. Sadly, I did. Did you just say? But this is. Wicked, to do it again. Can you do Wicked? No, that's a one-time special. <laughs> Rewind and listen to it again, people. <laughs> Wendy, where is the line between public and private for you? Um, location. I'm. I was never a fan of Foursquare because I didn't really like broadcasting to the world where I was. Um, mm-hmm. One because I don't like people. Uh, I had an a, I had a an experience on Twitter where I was chatting to somebody. Um, them in in public and then went to direct message and then um this guy started asking questions you know pretty normal questions about you know shopping centers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that but then he started to work out which roads I would ro- walk on to get to my house Ooh. and then it started getting a bit weird so you know so that that turned into a block situation but um yeah, I don't, really don't like disclosing my location. Um, I also I like to be able to talk about um, how I think and feel on my own account. Um, and I know that everyone's like, you know, my thoughts are my own, which sounds a little bit, oh, sounds yeah, way too uh, too Godwin to go go straight to the Godwin <laughs> rule of my thoughts on my own going where have I heard that before ah okay yeah maybe don't go down that path went um but <laughs> I, I like to be able to 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 rant and um you know talk about crazy things that I've seen on the train like the girl who was fixing her eyebrows using a glue stick one morning without having to have uh you know my work colleagues say you know what are you talking about or if i see the guy in this in the in the office making a belt out of glad wrap i'm like do i put this on twitter no maybe i don't actually but yeah i i really don't like having my location disclosed so that whole thing where if if i'm out with someone if it's you know with a group of friends or if i'm out on a date or whatever i don't i won't post where we are without yeah. asking because there could be a whole raft of things that could go wrong um, just by posting that one location data. So uh, that's that's my that's my take. I don't mind being acid. Uh, I don't mind uh, being included in conversations. Although I do appreciate the uh, allow me to leave this conversation functionality. Thanks, Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I really don't like being tagged in somewhere where I haven't expressly said, yeah, no worries, go for it. Because I, I yeah. kind of, I, I, I like my physical privacy. I don't want somebody, you know, I live by myself uh, with a cat. Yes. Just one. Um, and um, one, one so far, one so far, you know, I've tried feeding her after midnight. It, she doesn't spawn. I don't know what, <laughs> how, how do you make more cats? Where do you do you just find them on the street? There's a lot of there's a lot of street cats. Maybe I just need to go get a new fresh one and rub them together and see if that makes more cats. A, a boy cat and a girl cat who love each other very much. They, cats don't they love Steve. Talk to the birds. Steve, there's there's the <laughs> first thing wrong with this theory. Cats don't love. They just they appreciate you doing things for them, and then they will sit down and ignore you until they need more things done for them. 
I think they don't love outside their gene pool. Oh, oh okay. So you think cats could love another cat? Should well, we ask Corey so, Bernardi? How else are baby cats made? How is, <laughs> should we ask Corey Bernardi if this is a slippery slope? Because it could, yeah, it could guaranteed be it would be very slippery. Um, what was uh, the photo that has got to me in the last couple of days? Is that bizarre one of him in his gym clothes with the mm. sh- with the plastic shopping bag being interviewed out front of Parliament House, and and I've got to say, people who go to the gym wearing black socks, what's up with that? <laughs> What is up with that? Why does sock colour affect their gym experience? Well, it's just like they're your day socks. Put some other ones on. You've obviously brought in some clothes that you can go and do gym things in. What's with black socks? Look, I think that that's that's a really good question that somebody Mm. should do a thesis on, Steve. And if you've got some university people out there right now who would like to – to investigate this, I'm happy for an interview as to why it's so disturbing. Black socks with gym outfits. It's just, it's odd. It's odd, Steve, and it should not be a thing. And I've decreed it so, and therefore it shall not be a thing. Yay, there verily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and look, let's be fair, the name of that thesis really should be Black Socks at the Gym, Glad Wrap Belts, and Fashion Forward Sydney. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What what links them all together? What makes them so a wrong? Yeah. Or maybe how do we make them a thing? How 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 many what's the tipping point between people wearing black socks at the gym and people wearing black socks with sneakers and shorts? I mean Oh, what's what's the tipping point between black socks at the gym is, and making love to your yeah. toaster? I mean it is a slippery slope. Good grief. Why, what, how? Don't. Don't do this that. Is, don't put things in the toaster that's not toast. That's like, I'm pretty sure there's a proverb about that. Thou shalt not toast thine neighbor's bread or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere towards the back. It's Yeah, it's, it's that's a back, Reverend Lovejoy. It's right at the back. Mm. What challenges you? What challenges me? Oh, um, you know what? And uh, actually thinking about myself as an actual human that does things. I just sort of feel like a, a an entity that just sort of blobs around in the world and doesn't have much effect on anything. And so when somebody asks me, you know, what are you good at? What do you like? I'm like, um, I, so I guess – Challenging the challenge, most challenging thing for me. This feels like an actual job interview, Steve. <laughs> self-assessment is is my most challenging thing. I'm so self-dismissive that actually thinking about things that I like. I think that's the the one failing, the the biggest failing of our school system. And I know that we we talked about school earlier. It's the biggest mm. failing in our school system is that we don't get taught how to think. And I. It's taken me forever to work out that that's what the whole thing was, is to, you know, the project, doing project on um, Mexico. And by God, it was a good project, by the way. You should have seen it. There were mm, cutouts I'm and sure. drawings of agave. And that's where I first found out about tequila. Man. Um, mm. These so things those, that shape us. Those things that you do at school are not just busy work. 
Um, and but nobody actually says to you, "Hey, this is this is designed to make you think about things." Not we don't just do this because we want you to shut up and you know paste some pictures mm. on. Um, and so that's that's the whole self assessment, and it's. Um, I have to thank a, an an ex boyfriend of many years ago who, when we got together, he was he had a degree in political science. He grew up literally in a war zone um, in Lebanon, and so he was very political. And at that point, I just didn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the news. I didn't want to see any of that stuff. But um, he actually got me into the Daily Show. Oh. Yep. Peace be upon uh, John Stewart. And um, he got me into The Daily Show and that sort of cascaded into watching a bit more politics stuff and then being interested in the Middle East because obviously, you know, when you go there a couple of times and you see – uh, you go through. <laughs> you go from growing up in Australia, where the only people that have guns are um, police, and they're just you know they're holstered and it's a pistol. Mm-hmm. To going to the Middle East and going through a checkpoint to get to your boyfriend's house, and you've got the Syrian army there with tanks mm-hmm. and you know uh, lights being shone in through the car window. And, um, you know, semi-automatic weapons at the – sorry, fully automatic weapons at the um, at the airport. And, wow. you know, it, it, it was quite a shock. So all of a sudden you start – it start creeping up on you. And now I've become that uh, – the, the junkie who is uh, – stays up till 1 o'clock in the morning on spill night chatting to people mm. across the world going, you know, well, yeah, we understand that, you know, Turnbull's not exactly a, a great change, but wow, he's uh, – at least we're going to have some proper political discourse now instead of just shouting and and bizarre. I think, I think somebody needed to uh, upgrade Tony's software and they just <laughs> didn't get around to it. Like the IT guy's like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that. But every time they tried to upgrade his software, they found a bug and they had to roll it back. And he was just stuck on the <laughs> Stop the Boats program, you know, 3.1 for far too long. Um, and and then that's, you know, the, the Lee Sales interview last week, the mm. um, the rejoinder to, to Malcolm coming out saying we need advocacy, not slogans. Um, and then Tony come out and says, uh, hey, we stopped the boats. He's like, are you mad? Just – just, just somebody, just give him a, give him a biscuit and a blankie and a nice little warm corner to lie down because I think he's done. He's, he's, it's all over. Tony, yeah, have a little rest. It's all over. Yeah. Do you think they had to get a plasterer in? I know um, Kathy Wilcox did a fantastic cartoon <laughs> of, um, of uh, Malcolm announcing uh, his his intention um, with the two holes by the side of his head and the wall behind him but do you think they actually would have had to get a plaster in or do you think he had enough aids around him to to you know keep him away from the walls keep him from literally bouncing off the walls i think it's pretty clear given how angry uh then prime minister abbott was when he addressed the media on monday evening uh before the the spill motion went down that they had to get a plaster in, but not for the walls. The roof needed replacing. Yeah, yeah. Terrifyingly furious. Like, 
Um, and that was oh, the most emotion we've seen out of him. Yeah. Ever. Yes, absolutely. And um, can we just talk about fax machines for a second? Do you think they Please. had? Did they? Do you think they had to get one out of a cupboard and plug it in <laughs> to receive his resignation? How does how how do you fax? <laughs> Who faxes? That's just honestly. Oh my goodness! Who faxes? Did did he say to someone fax this, and they honestly just just went okay? Went to Google, looked up F A C T S machine, and went. I don't understand what he's saying. He's saying a word. I don't get it. <laughs> and, and then it was that the Governor General receives his resignation. Right? He, it's like he's this. What? What is that? And it's in a cupboard, covered in dust. It's got. It's got. Um, I didn't even know we still had yeah, one of these this, things. What is going on? Yeah, of receiving it by fax. That's just um, – he's just a very odd bird, his tone. Honestly, I, I hope that he finds something fun to do. I think um, I saw someone on Twitter last night placing bets that he's going to go to – go live in England now um, mm. and try and be welcomed home as a as a hero. Actually, I know he said this. It was Leslie. I can't, can't um, not say who it was. Um Said he's, he wants to be welcomed as a hero, but he'll just be ignored as, um, you know, another colonial. Um, <sighs> yeah, I, I honestly, I wish him well because if you've ever worked with someone who's really bad at their job, you, you get frustrated by them, but then you, um, you kind of feel sorry for them as well because you know that. And you miss them when they're gone. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> so, uh, nope. No. So, yeah, when you've worked with someone who is very bad at their job and you're just – you're constantly doing your job and cleaning up after them, once they're gone, it's it's like they were never there in the first place. And then every now and then you're like, oh, remember when I had to – you know, you uncover a spreadsheet that they put together and like, what? That's what's going to happen is someone's going to take over from Joe. He's going to open a spreadsheet, look at the budget. Mm. I'm sure that they use Excel for the budget. And mm. um, and look at all these numbers and go. Look, I didn't even know that Excel had a formula called eleventy. So that's <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to open. There's going to be errors everywhere, and so you know what? We just start from scratch. How good is this sum feature? Oh, sum! I don't have to use my fingers anymore. <laughs> what are you going to achieve in the next twelve months, what, Wendy? Um. Oh, you know what I'm going to achieve? I am going to get rid of a whole bunch of crap in my house. Um, I've got mm. all of the those hard versions, those real-life versions of things that I want to get rid of. So I want to get rid of all of my CDs. I want to get rid of all of my DVDs. I want to... I want to move out of this goddamn apartment, which is so dark and so cold. Um, I want light. And you know what? I think I need... I think I need a holiday. I haven't had a holiday for about two years now. Um, the joy of contract positions without leave. Um, so I want to go on a holiday. These aren't very, very interesting things. Actually, no, there's one thing that I really want to do. And uh, I want to start writing more. Because mm. 
I enjoy Twitter because it co- it forces you to be really concise with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to write, not for anyone else, I think I just want to write for myself about the things, like I was talking about before about learning how to think. I yeah. think I want to learn how to get those thoughts out of my head in a coherent way and write them. So <laughs> I don't imagine that anybody wants to hear any of it, but, um, you know, people people listen to some of the things I say on Twitter and I'm pretty inane on there, so who knows. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think that's what I want to do, apart from the whole, you know, um, win lotto and buy myself a Aston Martin and then drive around backwards as fast as I can, or, you know, and see if I can – Get in a police chase and drive to California and, I don't know, maybe – is that a plot of a movie? Yeah. Possibly. Cannibal Run, right? Oh, Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah, it didn't end so well. That didn't end so well. Um, I was, Driving to California from Australia isn't going to end very well either. Shut up. I've got a hover car. <laughs> I don't play by your rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe writing. Um, I definitely want to go overseas. I need to go visit um, my friends in London. I haven't been forever. I've got a little wee little nephew I haven't squished yet. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, change my hair color a few more times, I reckon. That's what mm. I want to achieve. Nothing nothing earth-shattering, um, although I am having a, a little bit of a crisis with my job. It's not particularly world changing. So um, I, I had a look at like, how do I get into medicine sans frontier the other day? And it's like, okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I have no experience in that. Okay. Well, that one's out. Okay. Where else can I go? <laughs> I'm, I'm having one of those moments where I'm, I'm tired of, um, you know, mass consumerism and, and selling crap to people who don't need it. Um our work in advertising, by the way, and um, and I just want to do something more. So, mm. thankfully, uh, in the in the workplace that I've got, at least I've got some people who are aware of the world, and I'm quite happy to have a rant at with at Lover Lunch. And but um, yeah, if it wasn't for Twitter and people like yourself to talk to throughout, you know, the rest of the day, I think I'd feel a bit lost and. Um, more so than I am right now. So, yeah, I think maybe find the meaning of life. Steve, is that too much to ask? If you say 42, I'm going to throw a peanut at you. No, I'm, I think that's entirely reasonable. You've got to have goals. Yeah. Why not? I want to, you know, I want to do something big. Mm. I want to save the world. There has to be. There has to be a reason for, you know, having a, a brain and an able body to be able to do something. want to do something with it. Got a bit deep well, thank there. You, Wendy. Can we talk about the Sims no, no, again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing what you have with us. Please know that you are highly valued and very important and, and the stuff that you have shared today um, it, is excellent. Thank you. Are you my therapist? Because no. do I have to pay for this? Yes. Okay, great. Um, how do you accept payment? PayPal go? Look, all of the things and a few that are probably <laughs> illegal in Australia. Bitcoin. <laughs> Everyone gets a Bitcoin. You get a Bitcoin. I'm, I'm getting one to just hang around my neck. No. 
<laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but go for it. Yeah, do that. I don't that. understand. <laughs> Very clearly, Wendy, you are on Twitter. Are I there am. any other social accounts that you want to admit to? Um, look, I'm I'm the same person across all of my social channels. Um, so I've, I'm on Instagram and there you'll probably just find me finding ironic pictures of Gloria Sydney, you know, like a – a an abandoned car with a surfboard sticking out of the side with a mattress laid up against it, glorious Sydney. A dead mm. cockroach floating in a plastic cup of red wine on the footpath, glorious Sydney. You know, <laughs> band-aid at the bottom of the swimming pool, glorious Sydney. That's that's my kind of take. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Um um people who would like to employ me for my fantastic skills in uh, computer hacking skills and bow hunting skills. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as my real person, but that's, yeah, I, um, I, I, I like Twitter. I, I don't think that there's anything particularly going to come along in the next, well, no, you can't predict that what's going to happen in the future. Nobody can predict that, but um, I, Twitter suits me. I can edit before I press send, although on occasion I have just gone, ah, I might need to apologise for that one. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Miss underscore Shiny is indeed human. Thanks. I'm a human. Whee! <laughs>